1: Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here at the Eric Erickson Show across the nation from Atlanta, Georgia. Oh my gosh, uh, just just struggling to get to the weekend here. You know when you're when you're young and have kids, the kids come home and they bring you stomach bugs. My producer is going through this right now. But when your kids get old, you get to be the one to give them the stomach bug. Payback. I have had one the last couple of days. I feel completely fine today. And now both kids are homesick. <laughs> okay I should laugh. I know, but still, after years of them getting me sick. Nonetheless, we I okay, I, I wanna I wanna wade into controversial subject out of the gate today. I want to explain to you the biolab stuff. Cause I've been talking about it a little bit here and there. Uh, it, it, the QAnon folks have latched on to it in large part because of some of what Tucker Carlson, uh, is saying about the bio labs. And so I've, I've done my homework. I've done my homework and I want to explain this all to you. So you understand what actually is going on. Now I want you to notice a pattern here. I'm not talking about people who believe the election stolen. Make sure you understand. I'm not talking about people who believe the election is stolen. I'm talking about the people who believe the election was stolen because the Venezuelans, the Iranians, and the Chinese hijacked electronic voting machines. There are some people who believe that the electronic voting machines were rigged to throw the election to Joe Biden. Much of that comes from disinformation. A lot of it peddled by Sidney Powell and others who are all being sued in court now. Making those claims that were not true, regardless of whether you think the election was stolen or not, the electronic voting machines had nothing to do with it. Now, was there fraud? Was there ballot stuffing? Was there ballot harvesting? We can we can uh, discuss those things. Well, I don't really want to. I'm just saying that they're up for discussion. But what really isn't up for discussion is that the electronic voting machines were somehow rigged to throw the election. But the people who believe the voting machine aspect of it are also some of the loudest voices now that uh, Vladimir Putin is justified for invading Ukraine because the United States is operating bioweapons laboratories. And you should note how willing some people are, some of your fellow Americans are, to grab hold of, glom onto, and use Russian disinformation to vilify their own country. Uh, Some Americans' contempt for the United States is so strong, they would rather believe Russian lies than believe the truth. You do need to note that. And let me say out of the gate, I'm not talking about Tucker Carlson here. We'll get into Tucker here in a little bit. I want to give you the full and complete picture, though. Because you need to understand it, because I assure you this is going to come up Because, you know, crazy is unleashed at times like this, and you're going to get it from people, and they're going to be convinced, and they're going to have little facts, and and everybody takes a little kernel of truth, and they make a conspiracy theory out of it. I want to explain this one to you, though. In 1990, the Soviet Union began to collapse, and there was a problem. The Soviet Union throughout Eastern Europe and territories of the former Soviet Union, they had a bunch of bioweapons laboratories where they were experimenting with biological warfare. Not only were they experimenting with biological warfare, though, they were also uh, grabbing, testing, sampling, and analyzing viruses, bacteria, fungus, and other things. In 1991, Sam Nunn, Senator from Georgia, and Richard Lugar, Senator from Indiana, came up with the Soviet Nuclear Threat Reduction Act of 1991. It's called the the Nun lugar Act. And one of the things that they would do is that the United States, because the Soviet Union's gone, these countries are no longer Russian, they're gaining their independence, including Ukraine, what's going to happen to the Soviet bioweapons labs? What's going to happen to them? Well, what's going to happen to them is they're going to fall into malicious hands or other things. So the U.S. agreed that they would go help those countries that are now independent countries take over the bioweapons labs and the biolabs. They're not all for biological weapons. Some were to study bacteria and stuff and would help them either wind them down or consolidate them to continue the research, not on weapons, but on diseases. So in August August 29, 2005, the United States signed a treaty of nuclear weapons proliferation nuclear chemical and biological weapons proliferation agreement between the United States of America and Ukraine pursuant to the Nunn-Lugar Act and uh, various other congressional acts regarding proliferation. The agreement was between the Department of Defense of the United States and the Ministry of Health of Ukraine concerning cooperation in the area of prevention of proliferation of technology, pathogens, and expertise that could be used in the development of biological weapons. Now, so what happens? And this is where we get into the Russian disinformation that the QAnon people are grabbing hold of and and spreading through the Internet. It's getting to reasonable people. There are there are rabbit holes they can go down. There are links they can follow, and it looks reasonable. There is a tick. You know, ticks spread a whole lot of diseases. There is a tick in Ukraine that infects pigs. And do you know what it gives them? Anthrax. So, of course, there is anthrax in the biolabs. They are studying it. They are studying tick-borne transmission. It's one of those things. You know what else is in these labs? Antibiotic-resistant tuberculosis. Why? The reason the labs were never shut down but continued is because Ukraine has one of the highest rates of tuberculosis in the Western world. In fact, it has the highest rate in Europe. So we are studying tuberculosis. Now, let me ask you a question, serious question. Would you prefer it if the United States brings the tuberculosis strains that are resistant to all treatment back to the United States or to leave them where they found them in Ukraine to study them? Our public health experts have said, let's leave them in Ukraine and study them there. Now, last summer, as Russia began to make claims on Ukrainian territory. The Putin regime began to push out talking points on social media accounts and others, claiming that the United States was helping Ukraine produce biological warfare to eventually use against Russia. They also began to claim last summer that the United States was developing anthrax at these Ukrainian biolabs. Now, there's a truth here. The United States was processing and looking at the anthrax strains, everyone admits it, that were coming from these ticks in Ukraine and infecting Ukrainian herds. We were not, however, like the Russians saying, doing the next step of refining the anthrax for biological warfare. We were certainly separating the anthrax from all the other pathogens in the ticks, but we were not refining it. So what the Russians did is they took the truth that, yes, we were looking at and and processing anthrax at these biolabs in Ukraine. And then they took the next step and say, well, we were refining it. Well, we're not actually refining it. There's a technical difference. When you have a tick that has a bunch of pathogens within it, And we're separating the anthrax from all the others so we can analyze this anthrax. Where is it coming from? How do we treat it? How can we fight it? How can we help the pigs? You're not refining it, but you're certainly separating it. But the Russians do that say, oh, it must be weapons. Must be weapons. And a number of Russian propaganda accounts on the internet started pushing this stuff out. Well, when Twitter deleted the accounts, the conspiracy theorists said, oh, it must have been the truth. That's why they deleted the accounts. And each little step along the way added to it. Now, there was testimony the other week, and this has been seized on by the conspiracy theorists. What was her name? Victoria Nyland. She's with the State Department talking about the biolabs in, in Ukraine. And they deny that they are bioweapons laboratories. Well, they used to be bioweapons laboratories. They were the bioweapon laboratories of the Soviet Union. We have downgraded their capacities. They're not there to make biological weapons. However, scientists have been studying what the Soviets had been doing with biological warfare. They never wound them down. Now, this is one of the diplomatic reasons why the United States sounds so nebulous in this. And it's the nebulosity, the the unwillingness to be clear and distinct. If you read the nunn Luger legislation, we were supposed to be winding down these facilities, and they still exist. If you listen to the diplomats, including Victoria uh, she wants to deny that we are in charge of these facilities, because if we were in charge of the facilities under the Nunluger Law, we would need to be winding them down. So we provide support and assistance so that we can continue to study both what the Soviets did back in the day, but also all the new strains of viruses and bacteria that are out there. This is really important here. Ukraine is the world's breadbasket, not just Europe's breadbasket. More than a third of the wheat produced in the world for sale on the open market comes from Ukraine. There are funguses that get into that wheat and deteriorate the wheat crop. If the funguses are successful, the world will starve, not just Ukraine. So we have continued to help fund and continue to maintain these laboratories so that we can study these things that are cropping up to ensure the safety of the food supply, the safety of agriculture, and the safety of people. Remember, but antibiotic-resistant tuberculosis is a really bad and deadly thing, and there's a lot of it in Ukraine, and we do need to study it. But we're not in charge. We're not in charge because if we were in charge under the treaty language, we would need to be winding these things down. So we just assist Ukraine. It's a technical term. Now, there are people out there like Tucker Carlson who quibble with these things and they just want to ask questions. And I, I really believe Tucker's asking the questions the way he's asking is because he no longer believes anybody in government. Tucker Carlson was very big on the Iraq war, got sold a bag of goods on weapons of mass destruction, realized everybody lied, and now he went from trust but verify to don't trust and verify. And he's now become an isolationist. He doesn't want us involved anywhere, and he raises these issues and, and suggests that maybe things are more complicated than they appear, and, and the best way forward is for us to get out of all of it. Unfortunately, there is a conspiracy theorist element of groupies who like Tucker Carlson, and they aren't smart enough to hear Tucker is suggesting isolation. They hear him sounding pro-Putin. And so they glom on to the pro-Putin talking points and make mountains out of molehills. They really believe the United States is running bioweapons laboratories. What is notable here is that Vladimir Putin made his case for the invasion of Ukraine weeks ago. And he never, ever, ever raised the issue of bioweapons labs. That was never an issue. And now suddenly the Russians might be getting close to or taking some of these labs. And suddenly it's become a retconned uh, cause of war. So that's why the Russians invaded Ukraine. Never, Don't pay any attention to all the prior stuff, Vladimir Putin said. Just pay attention to the new stuff that he's saying and retcon it. Make it retroactive. That's actually the reason why. Nobody raised the bio labs issue until Victoria Nyland was asked in congressional testimony, were they concerned about it? And yes, we were. We we're obviously concerned that if the Russians go in and they smash open the vials of anti- res- a- antibiotic-resistant tuberculosis, they could be spreading tuberculosis across the Western world. We're concerned about the anthrax strains that have been found in swine there. We don't want them to refine it. We don't want them to get their hands on old Soviet bioweapons, all of these sorts of things. And now the conspiracy theorists are, Aha, of course, screw the United States. That's why they're doing it. Putin's the good guy here. Notice how many of your fellow American conspiracy theorists have taken the pro-Putin blame America. He's totally justified doing this stuff. And what they're doing is they're twisting truths and adding additional information that's not in the record to try to make the case. Everything I've told you is documented. The nunn treaties, the American assistance, the search and resolve for anthrax, the date on tuberculosis, the fungal uh, constraints on the wheat crop of Ukraine. All of these things are there. And they're taking each of these things and they're twisting them ever so slightly as Putin propagandists, because these people have decided they really hate their own country, the United States of America, and they're trying to give justification for Putin. Tucker Carlson's an isolationist. Tucker Carlson is not pro-Putin. Tucker Carlson has raised a lot of concerns about a lot of the misstatements of the American establishment. He's become very anti-establishment and frankly, a lot of the American people uh, involved in this have not helped themselves, including Dr. Fauci. A lot of people are skeptical of Dr. Fauci now. But these conspiracy theorists aren't as smart as Tucker Carlson and I think they've misinterpreted Tucker's isolationism for being pro-Putin and they've become pro-Putin. The reality is there are biolabs in Ukraine We do not run them, we provide assistance. It's a technicality based on treaty language. And it's to study the fungus, the mildew, the mold, the bacteria, the viruses, and even the old Soviet bioweapons that are there to see what they do and can we provide antidotes and cures. There's nothing really sinister about it unless you have a sinister mind, but then that's on you, it's not on reality. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Well, let's see if I can do this. Ray, people will come, Ray. They'll come to Iowa for reasons they can't even fathom. They'll turn up your driveway, not knowing for sure why they're doing it. They'll arrive at your door as innocent as children longing for the past. Oh, of course, we won't mind if you look around, you'll say. It's only $20 per person, and they'll pass over the money without even thinking about it, for it's money they have and peace they lack. That's Vin Scully reciting the famous speech from Field of Dreams. Baseball is back. We have a deal. Now, I'm sorry if you are a diehard against the designated hitter rule, but... There will be a few changes, but we will get baseball back. I was really concerned over the summer when baseball is usually the only sport around that when I have people over on Sunday nights to sit on the front porch for fellowship, that I would actually have to talk to them. And now we can continue to do as we have done, turn on the game and ignore each other and just watch TV while we smoke our cigars. (laughs) I talk occasionally, except to Philip. Hello there. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. It is my show. The phone number is 877-973-7425. You can always go to uh as well. We got the live stream and uh, the sub links to Substack and the recipes and all that stuff there as well. All right. We got to get into this polling. Uh, but for actually, you know what? Before we get to the polling, I I, I need to just Note that uh, Jesse Smollett, as, as Dave Chappelle would call him, Juicy Smolay, according to the Babylon Bee, he's going to be forced to share a jail cell with his own attacker. You know, he was beaten up, claimed it was MAGA supporters. Well, now he's going to have to share a jail cell with the the violent MAGA supporter who beat him up, which turns out to be himself. Uh, and, you know, he he continues to claim it's not true. He he didn't do it uh, and all of that. But, yeah, he very clearly did. Um, the guy clearly has some issues. Now, this is from the Babylon Bee. People are protesting to the streets today after human rights groups revealed Juicy Smollett, will be forced to share a jail cell with his racist attackers. This is an outrage, said Reverend Jesse Jackson. Not only was Mr. Smullett attacked by hateful racist bigots who want to tear our country apart, but now he has to share a jail cell with them. This is cruel and unusual punishment. This is the kind of thing that happens in our white supremacist country. Send me money. (laughs) Well done. Well done. Oh, the poor guy. Well there is doom there is doom and gloom for the Democrats out there Doom and gloom Republican candidates lead the generic congressional ballot 4641 the wall Street journal poll what is it the the ABC no it's it's um the Wall Street Journal NBC poll what is it? ABC and the Washington Post do a poll, the Wall Street Journal and NBC do a poll. The NBC Wall Street Journal poll, the, the, the Wall Street Journal, it's brutal, y'all. It's brutal. It is bad for the Democrats. They they are they are up a creek. Bad. Bad. Republican candidates lead the generic congressional ballot 46-41. Republicans are gaining ground among Black and Hispanic voters. Voters say the GOP is better equipped to fix inflation and handle the economy. Now, here, let me put, just put a, a a fine fine glaze on this, a ganache, a deliciousness. If the twenty twenty four election were held today, Joe Biden would beat Donald Trump by a couple of points, but Republicans would wipe out Democrats in the congressional vote. In other words, what this should tell everyone is that the January 6th nonsense that the media has spent so much time on isn't going to work. Voters do not connect Republicans in general to Donald Trump. They don't like Donald Trump. According to this poll, they don't care for Donald Trump. They don't like Joe Biden either, mind you. But they don't tie Republicans to Donald Trump in the way the media has wanted them to. In the the 2022 election, the Republicans have a five-point lead on the generic ballot. And given their choice, a majority of voters in the country say they would prefer Republicans in charge of Congress right now. But they would still prefer that Donald Trump not go back to the White House. Let me just give you an idea of how brutal these numbers are. 56% of voters find a negative view of Joe Biden. 59% disapprove of his handling of the economy. 63%, yes, six, 63% disapprove of his handling of inflation. 57% say he is not a strong leader. Voters favor Republicans on education, crime, inflation, And even foreign policy, while they also think that Joe Biden's done an okay job on Ukraine. This is really bad. Uh, The Democratic advantage over Republicans is narrow on COVID. They have a 16 percentage point Democratic edge on which party would handle the pandemic better, but that's down 11 points. They have a nine-point lead on education issues, but that's da- that's down now to five points. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I read that wrong. They had a 16-point lead on COVID. It's down to an 11-point lead. They had a nine-point lead on education, down to five points. When asked this, pay attention to this one. When asked about which party was best able to protect middle-class families, the five-point advantage Democrats had four months ago evaporated and the parties are tied. Voters gave Democrats poor marks for handling inflation in the economy. 50% cited as the top issue inflation. Ukraine was number two with 25% of voters concerned about it. A majority of voters, 63%, said they disapprove of Biden's handling of inflation. 47% of voters said Republicans were better able to handle inflation compared to 30% for Democrats. More voters say the Republicans had a better plan to improve the economy, 45 to 37. Even though Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy have advanced few specifics, voters just can't imagine it would be worse than what the Democrats have already proposed. Goodness gracious. Now listen to this. The mood of the country hasn't gotten any better since the last poll. In fact, it's gotten worse, says Democratic pollster John Anzalone, who is the lead pollster for Joe Biden's 2020 presidential campaign and whose company conducted the Wall Street Journal survey along with Republican pollster Tony Fabrizio. The challenges for Democrats haven't significantly changed how voters said they expect to vote this year. 46 Republican, 41 Democrat. Gains for Black and Hispanic voters for the Republicans. A five-point edge compared with a three-point lead in November. Democrats currently hold a narrow edge in the House and control the Senate 50-50. One bright spot is Joe Biden handling the Russian invasion of Ukraine, but a majority of voters say Republicans would even do better at foreign policy. Oh, wow. This is bad for the Democrats. This is just, just delightfully bad for the Democrats. I mean, here's the thing. Listen to this. Listen to this. Democrat, pay attention to this when This is, if you want the doom number, the doom for whom the bell tolls, the doom number for the Democrats, this is it. Democratic margins have eroded among black voters who favored a Democrat for Congress by 35 points in the new survey. They favored Democrats by 35 points. Why is that doom for the Democrats? Because back in November, they favored the Democrats by 56 points. Black voters favored Republicans by 12 points in November now they favor Republicans by 27 points um y'all 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 that's bad that's bad, bad 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 for Democrats bad bad did I mention that's bad for Democrats this is delightful and, you know, by the way, there's full panic today. The Democrats are having their retreat in Pennsylvania, and it's so bad. It's so bad. You know, maybe, just maybe. I, I Question. Question for the Democrats. Do you think maybe instead of telling people they should just go buy a Tesla, maybe you should suggest something else? Maybe, just maybe. Here's the new spin for the Democrats. Here's the new spin for the Democrats. And this is important. You need to understand this because you're going to start hearing this. The Democratic popular vote margin in 2016, 2018, and 2020 was five points on average. That's a lot of ground for Republicans to make up in 2022. And it'll be harder for them given they're doubling down on MAGA stuff. Now, this is from... Simon Rosenberg. He is a uh, progressive in Washington, used to be at ABC News, founder of some new Democratic group out there and this is, this is what he says. what is the 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 Indian group? Yeah this is this is his spin. These new Democrats that the, the Democrats had a five point voting margin. In these last elections, 2016, 2018, 2020, so there's no way Republicans can make up the ground on this. You know what? In 2004, 2006, and 2008, Democrats averaged 4.3 points. And the Republicans in 2010 were still able to swamp them. The spin doesn't hold up. These people are in panic now. And the Democratic message, they realize it's going to be a problem. Here's headline from National Journal. House Democrats retool their messaging and legislative plans ahead of their tough midterm. They're having to come up with new stuff for the midterms because they don't have a real path forward. At some point soon, frankly, uh, what's going to happen is they're just going to have to hunker down. Representative Sean Patrick Maloney, chair of the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee, who used to brag about doing a lot of heavy drugs in college, strode to a lectern in front of reporters in a Philadelphia conference room Thursday. Anybody else arrive at 2.30 in the morning on the bus, he asked. Maloney and the rest of the House Democrats arrived hours late to the three-day conference after staying up all night to fund the government. It was a less than auspicious start. The Democratic agenda is popular and polls well, Maloney says. The Democrats all say it's popular and polls well, but they're going to stop calling it Build Back Better. They don't have a path forward. They don't have a path forward. And they know it. At some point, their message is going to go from, you should vote for us. We'll give you Build Back Better to brace for impact. And they're going to be telling their own voters that, no one else. This isn't good news for the Democrats. Now, let's get in some phone calls here before I go to uh, go to commercial. Lauren, you're going to be up first. Welcome to the program. Hello, Mr. Erickson. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Hey, my question was,
0: if Ukraine is the number one supplier of wheat to the world, how hard would it be to get Kansas and some of the other wheat producing states to step up and actually fill that niche?
1: Uh, you know, it would be a little bit hard largely because of the way purchases work. Um, a lot of the – from what I was reading yesterday, uh, Egypt, for example, Egypt and much of the Middle East depends on Russia and Ukraine for their wheat. We produce enough wheat in this country that we are not going to have to worry. Uh, the Western Hemisphere tends to get its wheat from North America. Uh, the Eastern Hemisphere tends to get its wheat from uh, from Ukraine and from Russia. China is going to have some problems in this situation because China actually imports a lot of grain from Ukraine now. So we're not going to have the problem. Now, could we switch? I will tell you one thing we ought to do to be real honest with you is we should drop ethanol uh, and drop the uh, corn crops for ethanol and convert that over to wheat. Uh, We should be growing more wheat in the country right now. Uh, But the problem is you got to make those changes real quick for the fall harvest. And so changes need to be made very quickly in this country. And I don't think it's going to happen, but luckily uh, you and me and everybody listening right now in the United States, we're not going to be as impacted as much as people in Europe and Asia because we will just consume our domestic wheat here and not sell so much on the open market abroad. Uh, The farmers actually uh, will benefit some because the export prices for wheat in this country, the futures markets already gone through the roof and that's gonna gonna benefit us to some degree. Uh back to the phones. Kim, uh you're gonna be up next. Welcome. Hi, Kim. Hey,
0: oh, I'm so sorry. I apologize. That's okay. Um I, I what I was telling you again the man I talked to, I don't see the support for Biden. Now it may be where I am. I don't see the support. I don't understand the support. I cannot You know, I sit there and (laughs) when I would talk to somebody, a Democrat or a liberal, and they'll try to say the gas prices are not because we shut down our pipelines. And I'm looking at it from an economic standpoint. I'm like, okay, wait a minute. I buy a product close to me or I buy a product that's overseas. Same price on those products, which is going to be more expensive, the one overseas. And why can't they get that? I also... I'm not seeing the support like I would see all these people fighting, saying, Biden, 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 when the elections were going on on Facebook. And I got so sick of the negativity. I have deleted Twitter because I can't stand. They hide like behind wise their phones. Woman. I don't see it. And I'm like, where is yeah, the support coming okay. from?
1: So um, you and I are we're, we're in the same we're in, in the same general area. Yeah, I, I don't even people mm-hmm. who I know who were Biden supporters. They're not really talking about him right now. They're doing right. their best to avoid it. Um, and I think the polling shows that a majority of Americans overwhelmingly don't like him. Uh, the, the real question of the Wall Street Journal poll that, that really struck me is in 2024, nobody likes Biden or Trump, but there's a slight percentage that would prefer Biden to Trump, even though they don't like Biden. Uh, I, I think people are just exhausted. I, I really do think if, if the best thing that's happened for Donald Trump is he got a social media account suspended. And if he would just put his head down for a couple of weeks and not say anything, suddenly all these people would totally, uh, go for him because Biden would be the only thing on their mind. Um, the the real issue here though, is that nobody connects Republicans to Trump for 2022. And if you got 57, 58% of voters who say they dislike Biden, they don't think he's a strong leader, uh, they don't like the job he's doing, you provide them an alternative who they don't know, and they know Trump. Mm-hmm. Uh, Republicans are gonna clean up in 2024 if Biden tries to run again. Uh, you, you provide him a Ron DeSantis or somebody like that, uh, my gosh, uh, it will be a nightmare scenario for the Democrats. And also, keep in mind here, Kim, I gotta let you go here, thanks for the phone call. The, 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 the other thing you gotta remember, is that uh, come 2024, the Democrats will be on defense for the Senate, Tried to hold on to a lot of a lot of seats. Republicans won in the presidential race. That's going to be bad for them too. Now, I got to tell you about Patriot, Patriot Mobile because Patriot Mobile is out there aggressively fighting for the conservative cause, and they would love to have your business. They give a portion of their profits to the conservative movement, and they give you great discounts to be a customer. Uh, whether you're an NRA member, a veteran, a first responder, a teacher, you got a large family, they want your business, and they will give you great discounts, and spend a portion of their profits on the conservative cause, and they use the same t- cell towers everybody else uses, so you don't have to worry about quality of service. You get free activation with my name by going to patriotmobile.com Eric, patriotmobile.com Eric, or you can call them 972-PATRIOT. They've got 100% U.S.-based customer service. 972-PATRIOT. Tell sent you. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877 973 7425. If you want to be on my program nationwide, uh, interestingly enough, uh, the Rand Corporation, you know, there is a um, part of um, Utah, it borders Colorado and Wyoming, and right there where Colorado, Wyoming, and Utah connect and up towards Idaho. The Rand Corporation estimates there are 800 billion barrels of oil under that ground, which is larger than Saudi Arabia's oil reserves. Maybe we should go get it. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Uh, one housekeeping note from yesterday. I was talking about uh, HAVA, the, the um, uh, Heritage Action for America. Great organization, good conservatives. Uh, And I mentioned them not scoring the omnibus. Uh, They reached out, so they did score the omnibus, which is great. Uh, But uh, I'm glad they did. But that kind of distracts from my bigger point there is that they've got so many Republicans with such fantastic scores. I've always used Hava as the benchmark for conservatism in the house. And, When you got Kevin McCarthy and Elise Stefanik in the 90s, that's not measuring conservatism. Their lifetime scores are in the 50s and 60s. That's measuring republicanism. We need conservative groups to measure conservatism, not standing up to Biden. Every republican should be standing up to Biden. The conservatives should be the ones standing up to the republicans. It's 2022. Things are still crazy. Things haven't settled down. And now you got the Federal Reserve and interest rates. You got the economy. You got inflation. A lot of banks won't even return your phone call. Let's say you're a small business and you need a loan for $750,000 or higher. You see an opportunity where banks, they don't even want to see you. You want to buy a building? You want to build a building? Reach out to the Frost family at First Liberty Building and Loan. They've been helping small businesses become big businesses since the 1990s. They want to help you if they can